Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today is going to be such a fun chat with my beautiful friend, Amy Hill. Amy is an online course strategist and digital marketing nerd. She opened her doors to Japanese in 12, which is an online 12-week course for learning Japanese at the start of 2021, which quickly exploded to over 1,500 students around the world and is currently growing month to month. Through her fast business growth, she's been recognized as one of Instagram's 25 under 25 and has been featured in over 15 different publications. Amy has recently launched another program under The Course Mentors, where she is passionate about mentoring women on how to create, sell, and scale their online courses. Our conversation dives into what it takes to create a successful online course, some of the mistakes that we see entrepreneurs make when creating their courses, and the sales strategies that go into into play with that. And I love how Amy talks about different sales strategies that you can utilize that don't feel salesy and sleazy and don't use scare tactics. She also touches on key areas in order to increase completion rates and to ensure that your customers come back again and again. So let's dive right in and let me introduce you to Amy Hill. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners, where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. I am super excited about today's conversation. I cannot wait and I'm sure that we're going to go on so many different tangents and I'm sure that God knows where it's going to go because we both can talk underwater. Uh, so without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to my beautiful friend, Amy. She's going to talk all about creating successful online courses and all of her background that's led to this. So thank you so much for joining me today, Amy. Hi, it's so great to be here. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Well, let's try and we're going to try and go down a couple of different paths that are going to be really valuable for our audience, for the audience. But I guess to just to kick things off, I would love for you to share your background and where you are now. So I feel like it's important that we understand where you came from and what's gotten to you to where you are today and then the success that you've created today. Okay, so back in circa 2019, early 2020, I was a interpreter and I was also a teacher. So I taught Japanese too. And I was traveling for work. So I was getting on planes a lot and I was teaching at my home. I had a little home studio. And then obviously in 2020, all of that ceased, right? So I couldn't have people at my house anymore and I couldn't be traveling on planes anymore. All of that went away. And so I realized back then that I had to do something really quickly and I had to figure out how to keep my business going. And at the time I was sort of like three years out of a marketing degree and I was just about to finish my psychology degree. And I came out and I said, you know what I really wanna do? I really wanna take what I'm doing now and I wanna put it online. And I jumped in really early and I got into the online course world. And it was like the best thing that I've ever done, ever. And I, <laughs> and I jumped in and I created an online 12 week Japanese course called Japanese in 12. And by the end of 2020, I had about 900 students. And then by the end of 2021, I had 1500 students around the world. And it has been the most incredible ride of my life. <laughs> Just amazing. And I think that sometimes, you know, I'm sure when it comes to pivoting like that, and I think we all had to pivot at that time, 
But what was it about this program that you feel drew people to it? I think that, um, you know, when I was teaching Japanese, I was a little bit different to <laughs> every other Japanese teacher. For starters, I was white. So <laughs> I was <laughs> straight out of the gate. I was completely different. Um, and through that process, I had to figure out my own way of doing things as I was a teacher. And I was constantly, you know, sort of coming up with ways that I thought I can do this better. I know how to teach this language. I can do this differently. And I'm a very opinionated person naturally. So a lot of that was coming into it too. And then when I first came out, you know, with the online course, I had a different way of doing things to the way that was already being done. I was teaching Japanese in a different way to what everyone else was sort of dealing with. And I think at the start, that was really attractive to people. And I think as well, because I wasn't Japanese, because I was a white person, which was a little bit different at the time, you know, and because I was sort of out there being opinionated and having my own method of doing things, um, I think people saw themselves in me and sort of resonated with me. People that wanted to learn Japanese, they said, hey, here's this really normal girl that's teaching Japanese. And if she can do it, I can do it. And I think that that appealed to a lot of people, you know. So I do think that was probably my first two major advantageous things that got me across the line. Amazing, amazing. And so what do you think are some of the key things that you brought in that made it a success? Like right off the bat, like one of your first launches was very successful would you say actually no so the very uh, the very 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 beginning <laughs> I mean, i'm not proud of this now but i am kind of in a way because i feel like it was such a great learning opportunity when i first first began i had all of this knowledge about on um, like japanese and how i wanted to teach it and so i threw everything into like a book kind of it wasn't like it had a couple of videos it wasn't great it wasn't great and I got it out there. And at the start, I was creating so much content on social media and really talking to people and sharing my story and telling people about what I did. Um, but the product just wasn't, it wasn't incredible. And so at the start, yeah, like a few people jumped on the product. And then I started getting all of these reviews and these testimonials saying like, hey, I really liked what you were saying. I really liked how you were teaching it, but you know, it felt longer than I needed it to be, or this wasn't quite right. Or, you know, the videos were a little, um, little bit too long, although the readings are a bit too long and things like that. So then I went back and I reiterated the course. I mean, totally now it's probably been through 20 different iterations, but that's like a different story. But, you know, <laughs> I went back and I redid everything and I refilmed everything. And, you know, through that time, I'd been building that audience and back end the whole time. And then when I went back to, to market and said, hey, look, I've revitalized everything. I've given it a facelift. Here's the new and improved Japanese and 12. That launch, that first launch that I did, that was like, uh, I think like 90 people jumped on that first one. And, you know, that's because I got to listen to people and adapt to things and reiterate and, you know, improve based on the feedback that I was getting and, and really listening to people that were actually engaging with me. Yeah, which is uh, massive. So that was right. Because yeah. I think that sometimes people could have taken that feedback and gone, well, that's a failure. I'll go move on and do yeah. something completely different. But you didn't have that attitude. Not at all. No, because like online courses are a new thing, you know, and I didn't, I'm not, an, I wasn't an expert the first time, you know, an expert the first time you do anything. So the first time that I did it, I was like, I'm going to try my absolute hardest. I've been a teacher for eight years. I've been an interpreter. I know the language. But I, it's, you know, it's a skill to take that knowledge and that language and that information that you have and the skill set that you have and take that over to a new medium. That's something that you have to learn to do. Hmm. Um, and so you're not going to be an expert the first time you do it. 
Absolutely. And I think that we, and I've done it myself as well. Like you think that you go, well, I will take everything I know and put that into a course and that will be a success. And that's not the case, right? Like (laughs) what are some of the things that you needed to change in order for it to be successful for the outcome of the customer? Well, I think the first thing was I needed to know exactly who my person was. Like I really needed to get in touch with that person. You know, when I was teaching Japanese in like in my local area, because, you know, when you're, you know, in a one-to-one sort of business owner, you're really dealing with like the people in your local area. And then you're kind of limited outside of that, you know, I mean, it's getting better with the internet, but you know, when you're teaching Japanese, a lot of people prefer to come to your house or come to your studio, right? So at that time, my person, my people were people in Brisbane. (laughs) I didn't really have that much control over, you know, women age 25 to 35. I didn't really have that because I was just dealing with people in Brisbane. And so when I went to having an online business, I didn't realize how important it was to niche down and to be really clear with who exactly you're talking to, because there's a billion people in the world. So you need to be clear about who it is that you're helping. And through that process of like, you know, having a few people through the course and listening to their feedback and stuff, I got to realize like, no, actually, I want to work with these people specifically. And those are the people that I want to invite into my business, invite into my space and work with repetitively. And when I knew that it was those people that I wanted to niche down and work with, then I could go back and adapt to the course to create better results for those people. So then I was starting to look at people that were busy people, you know, they're the people that I want to help. I want to help people that have other interests, have other jobs, have other things going on. And Japanese is not their entire life. It's something that they want to do as a hobby. It's something that they want to do as their own personal special time that they can sit down and relax and do Japanese. And I said, okay, that's who I want to work with. Those people probably don't have more than 15, 20 minutes a day to do Japanese. And so what I started to do was think about exactly who I was creating the course for and then start tailoring it to their needs you know and then I said you know I want to work with women so I want to make the course appealing to feminine people and to women and you know from there you can kind of start to tailor it to those people yeah I love that and I think that the more that you were so interested in the customer you improve things you know iteration after iteration so now that you've evolved from this place you've created this really successful course with Japanese in 12 you've created a model that supports that consistency within your business your business and now you're actually helping other people create their courses which is pretty amazing yeah (laughs) yes 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 I think you know Japanese is so so important to me and what I've created over there is monumental it's given me so much freedom and so much flexibility and such an incredible lifestyle from creating that course and what I'm truly passionate about now is sharing that with other people like I hope you can hear it in my voice it it kills me it lights me up so much like I'm so excited to get into a space of helping other people have that flexibility and freedom through something that they're passionate about as well and helping other people I think that it's the most special thing I'll ever do with my life. (laughs) By the sounds of it, it also brings in so much of your background with your marketing and psychology, because that is also a huge component with creating a successful online course, but, and also selling it, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's really, really, really important. I mean, online courses are a beast. They're a brand new industry and they're really, they're not, you can't throw together an online course, chuck it out into the wild and just say, that's going to make a trillion dollars, you know, next year. It's just, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's going to be my passive income. 100%. Uh, every single day I hear that, you know, online courses are passive income and they are to a degree, they're more passive than 
you know, a nine to five business or they're more, more passive than, you know, being a laborer out in the hot sun for sure, for sure. But (laughs) they're not like, like a truly, truly like, you know, turn it on and money just pours in. I wish that it was, that would be great. We'd all be millionaires. That's fantastic. But you know, it's a little bit harder than that. And they require a lot of strategy and a lot of thought and, you know, it's online courses. They have a few different components and one half of it is having an incredible course. And the other half of it is knowing how to sell it and market it. And it's not by accident that people have to go to university to study how to become a teacher for three years before they can go on to become a teacher, you know? So it's not something that you can just instantly, you know, be good at teaching, be good at marketing, be good at selling, be good at, you know, all of the things that go into online courses overnight. And that's why it's, you know, there's so much strategy and thought that goes behind, you know, getting a course out there. I think that's the hard part about the way that online courses or, and I'm literally picturing someone as they're doing their YouTube video on selling how to create this <laughs> course and it's passive and it's making my eyes roll. But there is so much negative messaging around it will be easy. Yeah. It would be just get it out there and it'll be passive and you'll have all this income come in. And it is so disheartening for so many people that go down that route and then think, oh, I failed at it because it wasn't a success. Yeah. Whereas I think that when we shift our focus to actually go, well, how can this be a part of my business that supports the business? And it's about the long-term goal, right? Like rather than the just quick win, this quick result that I'm just like, I'm just going to create this in one weekend and then it's going to be this massive success. How can I actually shift the way that I look at it and look at it be part of something that I'm creating long-term? Because I feel like that's what you've done with Japanese in 12 and what you're now helping people do with, with my course mentors is that it's, allowing people to recognize that it can be this incredible thing that you're leaving behind and you're allowing others to be a part of that can be something really successful, but it's shifting your headspace from the whole thing of like, it's going to be this passive thing to it's actually something that you can be known for and it can be a part of your business. I like to say that an, an online course is a business. It's a better business model but it's still a business. And so you have to treat it like a business. You have to think about, okay, I need to create an epic product. You know, I need to get it out in front of people. I need to sell it. I need to market it. I need to position it. I need to have awesome branding. Like it's all of the things that go into a real business. If you were going to start selling socks, (laughs) you would need, you would need to know where am I going to source my socks from? How am I going to create the best sock that I can? How am I going to get that in front of people? Am I going to do markets? What are my distribution channels? What is, how am I going to sell it? Am I going to, you know, you have all these questions, a business plan, you know? And then when it comes to online courses, we think we'll just create it and they will come. And it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like that. It works that way. What are some of of the mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make when creating their courses? Probably, I'm just going to say throwing everything you know into an online course without structuring it like a teacher would. Because when people become, when people go on to create online courses, they make the mistake of thinking like, say, for example, you're an event florist (laughs) Um, or a a dog trainer or something. And you go into the online course world thinking, you know, I have been an event florist for 15 years and I am really good at what I do. And I know that other people would love to create their own, you know, pieces of floristry for their own events. And I know that people always ask me about this. So therefore I should create an online course. It's going to be a great stream of revenue into my business. It's going to be awesome. I love it. I can't wait to do it. And they jump in. And I think the biggest mistake they make there is they, instead of thinking of themselves as 
um, an event florist, they now need to think of themselves as a teacher. Because when you create an online course, you're stepping into the role of a teacher, of an educator, and you're no longer an event florist in that space. Mm -hmm. You're now an educator. And so you need to come at it from a perspective of, you know, it's not, it's not important what you know. <laughs> it's not important, like all of the skills that you have and all of the experience you have. What's important is what the student needs to know. And so you need to create that course around what that person needs to know to get them to their goal. And they're not going to really need to know every single detail of the last 15 years of your career, you know? And I think then the other mistake that I see is kind of similar to that one is when you begin creating a course and you're kind of just throwing everything you know into it without an aim or a goal or a purpose. And when people purchase online courses and when anyone purchases an online course, they're looking to solve a problem. So especially when they're going into it, you know, when you've got a, an expensive course, <laughs> I'm going to invest my money into something that's going to help me solve a problem. It's really, really rare that people are doing courses just for fun. <laughs> like I'm just going to, you know, dedicate 40 hours of my time this month and 40 hours of my time next month and $5,000 into this course just for fun, just to enjoy it. You know, it's mostly because people need to get something out of that. They need to learn about a business process or a marketing strategy, or they need to learn about a skill or something that you're teaching that is going to help them make more money in the future, or it's going to help them make a better life for themselves. You know, people, that's what they're trying to find a solution through your course. Um, and oftentimes people, you know, they think to themselves, well, I could just pay someone to solve that problem for me, but I'm going to go the hard route and I'm going to DIY it and I'm going to learn how to solve that problem so I don't have to pay people in the future, right? And so that's what they're trying to achieve through your course. And if you create a course from a place of, well, I'm a really good event florist and people want to know about event floristry, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but people want to know about it so they can solve that problem that they're facing in their life. Yeah, so you need to create that course to directly solve that problem. And if you're not solving a problem. Get an outcome, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a very big course. <laughs> yeah. And I think also the other thing that I see as well, which I'm interested to hear your take on this, is that some people go, oh, well, I'll just make it cheaper and then people will buy anyway. Like if it's still not speaking to a solution, they're still not going to buy it because I feel like time is just as important of an investment as money, right? So if you're asking someone to spend lots of time with you, the price point is actually irrelevant. If it's not going to solve a problem, they're still not going to invest in it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I hear people all the time saying, you know, well, I don't have, you know, it's not going to solve a huge problem. So I'll therefore make it like 100 or 200 or $300. And I think what you're doing there is a race to the bottom. When you compete on price and you tell people to just do my program for like next to no money, people aren't going to value it. They're not going to complete it. You're not going to get those reviews and testimonials back from people. Therefore, you're not going to be able to iterate it and develop it and make it better. So you're just always going to have to keep discounting and getting lower and lower and lower until you just eventually give it out for free because you don't care anymore. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Very bad spiral to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So what are some of your tips with, with regards to helping that completion? Because like, yes, that invest, investment is important. But one of the things I hear so much is that the actual completion rate for online courses is so low. Do you recognize that as well? Um, it's not in Japanese and 12, but that's, it's, it is still not a hundred percent and it's never going to be a hundred percent. And that's because education is hard and it's time consuming and people are going to have to put time and effort into something. And when you're asking someone, especially, and this is kind of all interrelates with each other, right? But if you're going to create 
a high transformation, high impact course, right? So if you're going to do something that is really going to solve a problem and it's really going to get a solution for people, it's likely going to be difficult and time consuming because it's really hard to, you know, get these big epic transformations without putting in the work. So no matter what, you're going to be asking people to be putting in big time and big effort. That's kind of like a non-negotiable. And the more time and the more effort you're asking someone to put in, the, as that rate as that goes up, so does to the rate that people are going to not be able to do it. And that's because you can't control what people have going on in their lives. They could have babies, they could move house, they could get ill. Like there's a million things that could happen, you know? So you can't always control that. And at the end of the day, you're asking someone to, to take time out of every day or every week and big effort, big, big, you know, asking them to really put a lot of time into it, a big investment. And so you've, always got to be okay a little bit with people you know having a certain amount of dropout if say you know 20 percent of your courses people aren't completing fine that's completely normal that's two out of ten people that might have moved house or moved cities (laughs) during your three-month course it's totally fine and wonderful yeah if like 90 percent of your people aren't completing the course that's probably a cause for concern and um so when you do have like a high non-completion rate the most important thing that you can do there is reach out to people and say why aren't you completing that's the most important thing because there's a reason right like if they're telling you hey look it's too hard great that's awesome the opportunity for iteration too if they say it's too long it's too arduous um you know the content's not exciting to me or it's not engaging me or I'm you know I'm frankly quite bored watching your videos awesome those are all opportunities for improvement and iterations like that's great and then once you've got that feedback and you can do so much with that because that's straight to the source you can't get any better than that there's no point in guessing if you can't just ask what the problems are you know and and then you know beyond that I think you know you can have so many other things in there as well one of the things that we do is we have um, because Japanese in 12 is five different levels so you can purchase and then we assess what level you are and then we pop you into the right level and so you can continue on through the levels right we have, you know, discounts for finishing students that continue on, which is a great thing. We have so much tech in there, which is great. We have so much automation in there that, you know, follows people through the course and motivates them at the times when they need motivating. We did a, <laughs> we did, we did, we asked for some feedback and stuff and people were telling us, you know, around that week four, I was starting to feel a lull in motivation because of, you know, it was starting to get really hard. You were dealing with these grammatical concepts. And so at the week four point, we took that feedback and then we started sending out automated emails at the week four point telling people, hey, we know this is really hard stuff, but you've got this, you can do it, you're going to do incredible. This is what's included in week five and week six. And we would sort of like, you know, use that feedback to then create better versions. You can always create better versions. I freaking love that. That is so good. (laughs) And I also, what I also am hearing from you as well is that you're really open to feedback. And I think that that's super important in creating something really successful is that you're so focused on the customer and their experience that you're not taking any of that personally, right? Like you even were like, oh, your videos are boring. Like if that happens, like it might be time to shift and change things up, right? But I think if you don't take it personally, you have that opportunity to actually grow with it rather than get stale with it or give up on it. 
teaching is traditionally a two-way relationship. So if I was teaching in like a classroom, a standard classroom, I would be able to deliver a message and then I'd be able to look at everyone's faces and watch their reactions to it. And then I would say, do you guys have any questions? And I'll be able to answer the questions. And then next time I delivered that lesson, I would know, uh, you know, 10 people had the same question. So I need to preemptively answer that. Mm. And so it's a very, like, it's a very two-way relationship. They would submit you know, assignments and feedback. And I would then be able to mark their assignments and say, you know, you got all of this wrong. And then I'll be able to notice gaps in my own teaching and see things I needed to improve in the future. And with online courses, we have to think of it as the same way. It's education. And we have to think about, you know, that two-way relationship. No, we're not in a classroom anymore. No, I can't see people's faces when they're consuming my content. No, I don't know how they're perceiving things. So I have to be proactive about getting that feedback. Love it. And you're noticing the dropout, like you're noticing the slowdown or you're noticing that feedback that isn't actually verbal feedback, right? So, or physical feedback. That's so good. I think that's just such a key thing to consider. And so I really want to start to, you know, take this to a whole other level and talk about the sales piece, because I feel like that's something that holds a lot of people back. But before we do that, like, I want you to start to just share with us if there's anything else that we haven't touched on when it comes to creating a great course, like we talked on, obviously taking it from the perspective of being a teacher, being open to that feedback and changing things as you're going and creating that new iteration month after month or however often. What is, is there anything else that you notice that is a big mistake that someone makes when with creating a course that's, you know, could be potentially successful? I think the most important thing is, you know, you know, the feedback and the knowing of your customer and knowing of your niche and creating a course to solve a direct problem for a direct person. So knowing that I am going to solve this problem for this group of people and being able to articulate that really, really well, because when you can do that, then you know that you're going to get that outcome. And from that outcome, then you can have confidence and you understand how you're helping people and you can talk about it and you can um, talk about the benefits of your program. Love it. Love it. And so I would love for you to talk on a little bit more about the different way that you have focused your programs and the way that you teach something a little bit different with the course mentors is that it's different in the way that we sell it, right? So I'm sure that you've seen, and we all know that there's lots of different ways that you can sell an online course online. And so there's obviously like having an evergreen course, which I believe that nothing is ever evergreen. Um, and then we have like the launch strategy or like a open cart, closed cart, sort of process and then you do something a little bit different can you speak to that yes sure so it's actually the entire reason I got into you know doing the course mentors and that is because when I first when I first started doing this the way that I got into doing the course mentors the way that like it all started for me is I used to work in a co-working space in Brisbane city and a couple of people got wind of the fact that I was doing Japanese and 12 right because what I because of Japanese and 12 I managed to win Instagram's 25 under 25, which was really cool at the time. And I was really happy about it. And a couple of people heard about that in the building who were doing online courses. And my days turned into rocking up to work and then having a line of people at my desk saying, hey, Amy, can you help me with my online course? I, you know, I've made this course and I can't sell it or I'm not getting anyone through the door. And I was sort of looking at what they were doing and I was diving into like their processes. And I was like, wait, why are you selling it this way? Why are you doing an open closed cart model and only opening your doors in July? Like this is no, 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 no. Like this, no, no, we need to sell this every month. Like that's absolutely, you know. And then from there, a lot of people were completely bamboozled. They were like, what do you mean every month? That's not going to work. That's not urgent enough. You know, I only know how to do this launch marketing model. And I was like, well, 
I feel, you know, I said at the start of this, I'm an opinionated woman. I have a lot of opinions. And I, I thought, absolutely not. Like, we need to change this. We need to get people out there selling their courses in a way that doesn't limit them to only being able to open the doors to their course once, twice, three times a year at the most, because that's not sustained. That's a gamble. That's a gamble on your revenue. And that's a really hard thing to do. So, you know, and then I started helping those people and creating a better selling system. And from that place, I was like, I have to get this out to people and I have to be able to show them that, you know, you don't have to launch a course twice a year because Japanese and 12 is open monthly. And that's why we're able to help a thousand people a year, not like, you know, these big influxes and these like really scary ways of doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Like, so I'm going through the course mentors program, which I am loving. And I love the analogy that you shared in this about this concept. And it was, if you had a brick and mortar business and you only open the door to your customers one day a week, <laughs> your sales would be pretty crappy. Right. Yeah. And also the customers would be pretty upset because they'd be yeah. like coming to your door going, Hey, I want to buy something from you. And you're saying, no, 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 my car, my door isn't open until next week. <laughs> like it sounds ridiculous yeah. when you put it in the analogy. Yeah, it's a really, and it's a really hard way to sell things for you as the course creator. And then also for students, you know, and I truly believe that, you know, the course open, the cut open close model, it works, it works, and this is probably quite controversial, it works really well for courses that you could take or leave. If there's a course out there that you could take it or leave it, you don't need it, it doesn't really solve a problem, you could kind of maybe do it or not, then that model works really, really well. Because that model is all about driving huge amounts of urgency and giant amounts of scarcity into the program and saying, you know, you can either get in right now or never again. And you know, I have opinions about how predatory that is because I truly believe that that kind of selling, it really, really impacts people that are very susceptible to that kind of marketing and that kind of selling. And it is really forceful way of selling things. <laughs> and it's really hard, but it works well for courses that don't really solve a giant problem. So if you have a course that someone could take or leave, you kind of need that external pressure and that, you know, those psychological motivators to really put, push you into purchasing it. But if you have a course that has more of an intrinsic internal motivation, something that you want to solve a problem. You know, I really need to know how to renovate my house. So I need to know how to do that. And I have this internal motivation to do the course. I don't need to be forced into it. I don't need to be sold and told to that I can only get in right now or never again because I'm going to renovate my house. So I'd like a course, please. <laughs> you know, so I don't need to be forced into it. Mm, that makes so much sense. And I think that the hard part is there's that we do get taught so much of those scarcity tactics, which feel so horrible. Like I feel like, and I think that's also why launching publicly can be so exhausting because you are trying to create this urgency. You're trying to use scarcity. And, and like when we talk about scarcity about like there's, you have to get in right now or you don't, or there's only one spot left, like all using all of that. Like I think in certain spaces is okay, but it's, if you're doing it consistently, like every three months you're launching something like that, it can be bloody exhausting and feels yeah. so inauthentic. I think that's the other key thing that I really love about your model is that it's changing up the whole concept of it almost feels like you're lying to people. Like, you know, like it, <laughs> whereas, you are, I mean, you are, you are lying to people because 
it's like you can't tell people I mean you know back in 2020 2019 maybe even 2021 these models worked because they were new and people hadn't heard about them and people hadn't clued onto them yet and saying to someone like get this limited time bonus it expires in half an hour or get this discount at the end of this webinar or you know those kind of mod those strategies worked because they're new and when new things happen people are kind of like yeah they're little caught up in it and they can kind of sort of you know get right. caught up in all the drama and I think but, that there does need to be sometimes using urgency does work in some ways that there obviously sometimes there needs to be a deadline for people to make a decision right because yeah. some people are on the fence and they need that little bit of encouragement to be like well, you've got to make a decision now yeah. like because it, it goes back to the fact that like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back to the fact that education is hard. So you need to motivate people to do it, like hard things, right? But it's all about like doing that and, and selling when you're on your online course, something that we talk about and believe in and we, you know, I could talk about till the end of time is building trust and authority in both your selling and in your marketing. So when you're doing your, you know, sales are all about, you know, getting money in the door and marketing is all about, you know, increasing your visibility. And in both of those aspects of your business, you need to be building trust and you need to be building authority. And I think just, I think simply put, like gone are the days when I could run $10,000 to a webinar on Facebook and then make, you know, a hundred grand <laughs> and sign up a bunch of people that all kind of fell into it, you know, and I think that's, it, it happened and it was good for a, a small period of time. And then I think people um, probably got burnt by it a little bit and they looked at it and they said, I even course creators doing it kind of said, this feels icky and gross. I'm lying to people and people purchasing on the other end said, I'm doing this and it feels gross. And I kind of got scammed into that. Mm. And I think, people aren't dumb anymore, you know, and people aren't, <laughs> people aren't stupid. So they're going to learn and we need to, they're looking now at this next phase of selling for that trust and for that authority in who they're purchasing from. Yeah. Returning back to agree. Yeah. Going back to that level of authenticity. And I think that like, I, as you were saying that I remember a client I used to work with and she had come from working with another coach and they were teaching their one strategy. Right. And yeah. she was taught that she had to run a webinar every week until she filled this program. And she was like, literally would wake up with anxiety and feeling sick that she would literally throw up before doing the, the webinar. And she was like, and it's not working because obviously if your energy is not in it, if you're not, excited by if you're not loving it people are going to feel that on the other side of the webinar if you don't resonate with that level of selling or that type of sell strategy then you need to actually ask yourself why because there is other ways to do it, it doesn't have to be this icky horrible way to sell it and i think that i love that you're bringing yeah. this and bringing you light to it and giving people another option it feels much better yeah yeah i think like when it comes to you know selling online courses i think people really need to come back to the idea that they're a teacher now they're an educator and so when we look at teachers and we think about the teachers that we liked the most and that we resonated the most with it's people that you know were really similar to us like normal people <laughs> not people shouting down the void that we need to buy or forever miss out and it's people that we trusted and that we felt comfortable asking questions to and connecting with those are the best teachers and the people that we you know feel like we can invest in and that we want to invest in and we want to spend time with and we want to learn from and it comes back down to when someone feels comfortable with you and they feel like they trust you and they know that you're an authentic person they're much more likely to complete your program and when they complete a program then you get better reviews and better iterations and it all kind of feeds into one really beautiful loop of of perfection you know so and when we're talking about you know specifically in sales in being trust and trusting and authentic what we're talking about here is being clear on your deadlines and your enrollment dates and not lying to people and not creating false 
narratives around how the course is enrolling. You know, you can you can add urgency, you can add deadlines to things, and you can say, I enroll regularly, I enroll quarterly, I enroll monthly or bi-monthly. And then you can communicate that openly to people and you can tell them, this is why I'm enrolling at this certain time. These are why the dates exist. This is why I limit it to these kind of people. This is why I have these restrictions around the course. And the more that you can justify that and explain it, the more people are going to feel like they trust you and they say, oh, that makes sense. You know, when we, (laughs) on a tangent, but you know, when like in the traditional education sense, right? Like we think of, from my world, like language schools, you know, like language schools have been around for a really, really, really long time. They're not new. (laughs) You can pretty much in any city around the world, go and find a language school that'll teach you languages, right? they don't do a cart open and close model (laughs) and they've been around for a really long time and they know how it works and do you know what they probably intake students every month or they might intake them every two months and all that they do is they have it on their website our start dates for the course are here (laughs) and do you know what they've never gone out of business ever because people it's so funny when you talk about it like that because it's like literally like where do these concepts come from and why are we doing them (laughs) (laughs) I know I know it's you know, the education industry is one of the oldest industries in the world, you know, so we we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to create fantastical, like wildly dramatic sales strategies to get people in. People want to learn. That has never changed in the history of the world. People are going to want to learn things. People are going to want to better themselves. They're going to want solutions to their problems. These aren't, you know, like new concepts. And so we're there as course creators. We can create such an incredible business. Thank you to the internet about, and it's it's literally never been a better time ever to create an, an online course. And we can get out there and we can create these incredible businesses that help so many people instead of, you know, being a language school in Brisbane City. I can now take that language school international, you know, and that's really, really special. But, you know, we we don't have to reinvent the world. We don't have to force people to purchase our courses. We don't have to force people and sell, like, they don't have to sell an arm and a leg to get into our program and create some scary application process or watch six webinars, jump through a hoop and buy my, yeah. <laughs> buy my bonus strategy or whatever to get there. And get a monkey. <laughs> it just seems another steak knife. Like, it's all the sales strategies are changing. Please just go back to being yes. a human and yes. just being kind yes. and authentic. <laughs> so, I'm sure that there's so many lessons that you've learned over the years of creating Japanese and 12 and now also with Michael's mentors and starting to, and also see other people going through the, through the strategy of that. And I would love, like, what would you say, like some of your top lessons or some of the things that you wish people knew about creating a successful online course? I think keep it really, really simple. I think, you know, it comes back down to know who you're creating a course for and then create an excellent solution for them. And, you know, don't, don't try and, (laughs) don't try and make it really convoluted and crazy. Think about what you do in your life and what you're good at and what you, what your specialization is. You know, you don't have to have a university degree in it. You don't have to, you know, be an expert at it. You just have to, you have to be better than the person that you want to teach, right? That's all. You only have to be one or two steps ahead of the person that is looking for help. And that's, what's amazing. Human nature is all about, you know, being teachers you know we're we're all natural teachers in our own way about the things that we're good at and it's really really natural to be good at something and then want to pass that on and want to teach it so lean into that um 
And when you're creating, you know, a solution for someone, look around at the very real world other solutions that that person has at their disposal. So if you want to teach how to make clothes or if you want to teach how to do event floristry or train dogs or whatever it is that you want to teach, look at what other alternatives they have to, to make that solution happen for them and then make yours better. <laughs> That's all. That's all you have to do. You have to be, you just have to look at, okay, if I want to teach dog training, puppy training, what are the other options that someone has in that world if they've just got a brand new puppy? And how do I make my puppy training course better than that? That's all. That's all you have to do. <laughs> That's that a course. I'd, what are some of the unique courses that you've seen come out? Oh, wait, I have seen some amazing ones. Okay, the best one that I've seen so far was yours, Christine. No. <laughs> I didn't say anything to that. I don't know. The best one I've seen so far and something that like I haven't seen since I think it's so incredible is a wedding planning course. Um, and I realized that that was so needed because when, you know, my friends planned their wedding, it was, you know, leaning into what their mothers had to say about planning a wedding or what their friends had experienced. And it was all just like women helping each other plan their weddings. And when I saw this wedding planning course come out, it was plan a wedding in 60 days and you could plan everything you needed to do for your course, for your wedding, plan everything, get it all done in just 60 days. And it was impeccable. Took everyone through the exact same thing. I thought it was an incredible idea. That is so good. I literally helped one of my sisters plan her wedding. And you know what I did is actually found checklists online. Yes. And yes. through the checklists. Yes. That's, oh, so needed. That's such a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> there is so many unique courses out there. It's crazy. And I think that it's just finding that uniqueness that you have and being able to teach it. And I love that you talk about that because I think it's people do want to hear it from you. And that's why it's important that you do create something that's really unique to you because they, they're not wanting to necessarily learn from you know, scholars or, you know, university professors, they're actually wanting to learn, learn it from people who've done it or in the world actually doing it. And I think that that's really a beautiful place. And I think that's where obviously why that education online space is growing so massively. People don't want to learn from, you're right, scholars. That's 100% correct. Like people want to learn from people who are passionate. That's, that's all that it takes really. Like when I think, you know, we, we need to, you know, and I keep saying this, but bring it back to the relationships that we have with teachers traditionally, they're not new relationships. And if we think about the teachers that we've learned from in the past, it was the passionate ones, right? It was the ones that like came in the room. Like I had an English teacher in grade 10 and I hated English. You know, it was like, it was like Macbeth and stuff. I hated it. But she was so passionate about it that I would laugh through the lesson. I would get through it. And I ended up getting really great grades in that class because I loved her energy and I loved feeding off of her energy and what she was doing in that room. And so I would look forward to the lessons, even though, you know, I wasn't you know super passionate about being an English major. So I think, you know, we need to come back to people. She didn't write Macbeth. She didn't have a, like a doctorate in English. She wasn't the most educated person in the entire world. She just really cared about it. And that's why I loved it so much. And so we need to think about, you know, getting, you know, being a teacher doesn't mean a professional. It means someone who's passionate about helping someone with something that they know about. That's all. Love it. Love it. That's so good. So true. <laughs> so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the course mentors, because I know we've been talking about it in a little roundabout way, but for those of you who are listening are like, well, what is this, the course mentors? Tell us a little bit more about it and how you help people. 
Yeah, cool. It's um, so it's six stages, basically. It's a six stage program and you can either do those stages monthly or weekly. So that's kind of like the like the details of it, I guess, um, and how that works. But, you know, we break the course down into three main sections. And the first bit of the course, which is like the most important part, is creating an epic course. So a high impact, highly transformational course. That's what we focus on first. And we go through taking, you know, your skill set and really turning that into something that's well packaged together and actually achieves the transformation that it sets out to achieve. And then the second part of the course is all about, you know, sales systems and audience growth tactics and how to do that in a really authentic way and how to really talk to the people that you really want to help and how to, you know, really communicate the way that you help those people. And then the third stage of the course is all about the tech systems that we use and the user experience of your program and actually leveraging the incredible technology that we have available to us that I get so excited about and actually using that in a way that feels really, really um, beneficial and impactful for people. And there's just so much incredible technology that's out there at the moment. And the way that we use that to create better educational experiences is really, 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 really important. Mm, I love that. I love that you're excited about that side of things because a lot of people would be like, that's my worst part. Like I don't even want to. Oh my God. (laughs) So something that we, (laughs) something we believe in, um, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, I have a business partner. Her name is Odette and she helps me run the course mentors too. So it's two of us on that side. So Odette's an incredible person. She's really creatively minded. She's had her own fashion businesses and her own event businesses. So she's, you know, kind of from that space. And I'm much more like the, I don't know, logistical, mathematical strategy person. You know, So we complement each other really well. And that's really great. But something that we both talk about and believe in strongly is that going into this, both of us were never tech people from the outset, you know, because she was super creative and I was really like strategy but we weren't like cool with the tech you know (laughs) Um, and something that we've both really passionately believe in now is that that tech that's available out there the email marketing the automation software that stuff wasn't created for the tech nerds of the world it was created for the me and the debts and the you Christine it was built for the people like us that are going to use it that's who it was built for and so once you actually like sort of step outside of that like oh no it's just for tech nerds and you kind of get out of that space the stuff that you can create and the way that you can help people through it is really 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 special and it's most of it is so intuitive now, like so intuitive. It's it's awesome. So I think that's the thing. You just have to get past that headspace and recognize that it's okay for you to be a beginner in the space and to get to learn it. And then once you know it, you know it, right? So it doesn't have to be this big thing, but it can sometimes be that little bit of a learning curve. And if you're okay with that learning curve, it could be such an incredible space in your business that is generating so much income and it's all automated that it's giving you so much freedom within your business. Like that's what I love about is the automation piece is like, what else can I automate? Can I automate this? Yes. Yeah. It's addicting. (laughs) It's addicting because, and it works better because you can create a better experience for people and that's what it's all about at the end of the day like it's all about people saying you know what Amy I throughout the course I got all of these like helpful emails and I got all of this information delivered to my inbox throughout the program and everything was unlocked for me and I found that, you know, one thing we do in Japanese and 12 is we unlock the week. So it's a 12 week course, right? And we unlock the weeks at the beginning of the week for people. So when they start, they can only see one week at a time. They're not seeing the entire 12 weeks because, you know, 
for us, we feel like that can be quite overwhelming and quite scary. And also people have a tendency to sort of skip to the last chapter of the book, you know, as you will. And so, you know, we tend to just kind of space that out for people. And it's one of the things that people review us the most highly on is that everything was extremely self-paced and very, very relaxed and not overwhelming. And that's how, that's because of automation. You know, if, if I had tried to do that manually and tried to, at the very beginning of the week, go through my, you know, current two and a half thousand students and unlock the module for them one at a time, I would be working like, you know, eight hours a day just doing that. So yeah, the, the tools that we have create a better experience for them, but it's, you know, for us too. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So I'd love to know the last couple of questions. So what's something that you're super excited about for the rest of this year? I think, (laughs) I think the course mentors and getting it out there, it's still so new and we've had an incredible pilot round just come through the course and we in the process of collecting all that feedback and getting back to those people and really helping them and developing the course. And I think what I'm really excited about is making the course mentors the absolute best that it can be and getting it out there to the public and helping people through these strategies that I know give people a lot of stress that don't need to be stressful. Um, that's probably my main focus. Something I'm most excited about is getting out there and meeting people through that process. And <laughs> love it, love it. So where can people find out more about it? At The Course Mentors on Instagram or thecoursementors.com. That's it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me on the podcast today. It's been so much fun and I just love that you're sharing all of your experience. But the other key piece that I love and I would love for you to, I'm going to ask you one last question, is that all of your all of your amazing experience and, you know, I feel like you've brought every piece of your experience, which which I see a lot of people do, is that through your teaching, through your education, through your passions, through your degrees and all of that key pieces, it's all come together in this magical little way that is showing up in the course mentors, which is super exciting to see you show up so passionately. So I would love to know for someone who is listening to this podcast and they want to take their business to the next level, what would you say to them? What's some advice would you give them? I would say trust in what you know and trust in what you're passionate about and create the bloody course. Do it. It has never been a better time than right now to create an online course. So if you know that you are passionate about something and you know that you believe and your opinion about it, you're opinionated about it and you know that you could do it in a really good way, then do it. Yeah. Do it. Jump in and do it because it's an incredible way to live and have a business. Love it. Yes, just do it. I love it. Just do it. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Amy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Christine. This was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.